The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back into another edition of the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. I am Steven Serta, joined as always by my guy, Rocky Magana, Kramer Sansa in the background, helping us uh, keep this thing moving on a frozen night in Kansas City, uh, a game where we saw Patrick Mahomes' helmet literally crack because it's so cold in Kansas City tonight. The Chiefs absolutely dominate the Dolphins. There was really... It, it never really at any moment in this game, even after a long Tyreek Hill touchdown, which wound up being the Dolphins' only score of the game, it never felt, Rocky, like the Chiefs weren't in control of this one. And you could say it was the cold in the weather, but I think they had a great game plan, and Miami's really banged up and, and all of that and whatever. But the Chiefs' defense played like a Super Bowl-caliber defense tonight. Like, we have talked about them all season long, and the offense did just enough. Like, we've been talking about it for weeks now. That's the recipe for success. Target the guys that you know can make plays, the reliable guys. Don't turn the football over and shoot yourselves in the foot. And you can win football games that way in the playoffs because your defense is legitimately that good. And they were absolutely that good tonight on uh, Wild Card Weekend. I tell you, though, Steven Serta, Clyde Edwards-Alaire needs to learn how to protect the ball. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> I'm going to let that one slide. Clyde uh, had some really tough runs tonight. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm joking. Like, I could give two SHITs about Clyde Wentz Lair fumbling the ball negative 30 degrees, you know, that late in the game. Like, with the exception of um, Tim McDuffie trying to commit pass interference on Tyreek Hill and just not full-on tackling him, it was the perfect game by the defense. And then after that, Tim McDuffie played pissed off, lights-out football, this was, I mean, I'm, I mean, run defense, pass rush, coverage, you name it. This was, this was like we're talking. I don't want to oversell it, but this, this is the best defensive performance by any Chiefs team, like in my lifetime, and in any football game, let alone a playoff game. This is the best defense in my lifetime, Steven Serta, that I've seen, and I was alive for DT fifty eight and Neil Smith, Dale Carter whoever you want to say. I wasn't alive for the AFL, but I've been alive longer than I probably should have been. And uh, this is the best defense I've seen. This was the most, this was the perfect game plan. She's came out, protected the ball, 
I mean, they they utilized why shallow cross with with Rashi Rice on offense. They fed the ball to their playmakers. They limited their mistakes. I mean, I mean, this is championship football that we saw here, and I have not felt this hopeful about this Chiefs team all year long. And you knew that when they played those South Beach softies today, that they were that they weren't going to be able to handle the cold, and they didn't handle the cold. Like like the home field advantage was legit today, and. That's what Rocky, when we were getting going here, you know, Kramer said, Oh, that was a boring game. Not, not a lot of action in it. And I was like, man, I am floating after that performance. That's the exact kind of performance I wanted to see from them in the playoffs. Like just boring in the playoffs is a real cool thing. It's like just for weeks and weeks and weeks for, for the entire regular season, really until the last like three weeks who you're like, give Isaiah Pacheco the ball target Rasheed Rice, utilize him uh, in more ways than just like screens and try to get Travis Kelsey in advantageous matchups. And they did all of those things tonight on offense. And the defense was incredible. The defense was everything that we believed that they could be all season long. And this is how they can win in the playoffs. Like they were tremendous tonight and, and credit to Andy Reid because they stuck to the game plan. Now I really thought they were going to run the ball more and I, I do think in the middle of the game, they got a little bit away from the run more than they needed to because Andy Reid was just like, I don't care what the temperature is. We're just going to sling it. We're going to try to throw the football. So, but they still got it done and, and they still made the plays when they had to, you know, uh, some, some boneheaded plays from McCall Hardman and, and, and things like that. But like, other than that, you got to live with those. Cause sometimes you got to take your shots to those guys. Cause you can't target all, all of the guys that can make plays every single time. But you give them the most opportunities and you limit the amount of times that you have to target the other guys that you know are super suspect. And that's a recipe for success on offense. And I think the way we covered this game, the way we talked about this game all week long at Arrowhead Pride, like we absolutely nailed it. Tua is a quarterback with physical limitations that it coming into this cold environment in Kansas city it is going to affect what he is capable of doing on the football field. Now I was a little bit more worried about those Miami dolphins running backs, but I think the cold came into play there. The defense came into play, all that stuff. We'll get into all of that tonight on the rapid reaction show as the Kansas city chiefs advance to the divisional round. Um, we got to wait a little bit longer to know for sure who they're going to wind up playing. It's, in all likelihood, uh, assuming Buffalo doesn't uh, suffer a massive upset on Monday afternoon now instead of Sunday morning kicking off the slate of playoff games because of severe weather in Buffalo, that game got bumped to Monday. So we got to wait for that game to play out. If the Steelers somehow upset the Bills, then the Chiefs would play the Texans in the divisional round, which would also be a very fun matchup I would like to see. But in all likelihood, uh, assuming that Mason Rudolph and the TJ Wattless Steelers don't upset the Buffalo Bills, the Kansas City Chiefs will probably have to travel to Buffalo next week. But again, they get a win. They were dominant. It was never in question. Not stressful at all. We're getting kind of spoiled here, Rocky. Like we had a few of these games now where they're not stressful. I, I'm not ripping my hair out on the post-game show. I, I'm not, I'm not just having anxiety about the Chiefs anymore. Like this is a legitimately fun game for me to watch where they dominated from start to finish, and there was no question about it at any point in the game. The Kansas City Chiefs were going to win this thing. I tell you what, man, 2024 is a season of positivity. It's a year of positivity for us, Steven Serta. And the Chiefs' Chiefs recipe for success has been feed the ball to Pacheco, Rice, and Kelsey. 
and then use your ancillary guys. We've been saying that all year long, and that's exactly what they did today. They controlled the ball. They went to their playmakers, and they got enough. They got enough to win. They pulled away from this game. They ran away from this game. This game was never in question. Uh, let's be honest. This high flying, you know, Dolphins offense that for the majority of the year was striking fear in people was Tushy Kaka tonight. Like they they could not move the ball. <laughs> Tua Tagovailoa's arm isn't strong enough to throw in the throw in the in the cold. And Raheem Moster and Devin Etchane could not. They like their their offensive linemen did not want contact tonight. Is what it looked like in the run game yeah. because the Chiefs were just blowing up every single running play that they had. And the Chiefs were playing downhill football. They were playing aggressive. When they got the lead, Steve Spagnuolo didn't say, like in the past, there were times where he'd say, okay, what's going to prevent defense? Let's just kind of bleed this thing out. He knows he has the horses on this defense to shut games out. And he says, no, we're coming downhill at you. We're coming at you. George Karloftis, Chris Jones, we're going to destroy their offensive line consistently to the point where Tua Tagovailoa throws a ball into the side of one of his guys' helmet because George Karloftis is just throwing the offensive lineman into the quarterback's lap. Like, George Karloftis looked looked like a superstar tonight. Like, let's be honest. Like, he dominated that entire game. It's And, and it's worth mentioning the Dolphins' offensive line really banged up, too. We spent a lot of time talking about that defensive side of the ball. But, like... In this game, like you need those guys to to step up and make plays. And the Chiefs defensive line was just dominant all night long, just putting pressure on Tua constantly. And I don't even feel like Spags had to blitz really until the second half. Like I feel like he didn't really start dialing up the blitzes until we were late into the game when he was just like, All right, let's just put an end to this. Let's go get it. Let's go get him and force a fumble or something. Like like that's how great their defensive line was. And the secondary, uh, again, just tremendous. Mike Edwards makes another big play, has an early game interception. And then, you know, Trent McDuffie gives up the touchdown, like you already mentioned, but he bounced back from that. It was just kind of a rough play where, you know, he he was in a bad position, tried to make a play on the ball, doesn't. Tyreek catches it. Tyreek breaks the tackle and he's not able to make the play, scores. And Trent McDuffie after that, was tremendous the rest of the game, including a play late in the game where he just absolutely lights up Tyreek Hill. Like Trent McDuffie, uh, fresh off that all-pro nod, was tremendous tonight uh, outside of one play, which wound up being the only score for the Dolphins in this game. And Legereus Sneed getting snubbed on the all-pro list, which is still absolutely insane to me. Tremendous again tonight. Like Drew Tranquil was great. And Nick Bolton, Nick Bolton, we got to talk about him. He was amazing tonight and this is a a total like nick bolton game like cold weather running backs like they're feels like they're running with cinder blocks around their feet because it's so cold outside and nick bolton is just all over the line of scrimmage just absolutely crushing those running backs who need space to try to utilize that speed because they're not guys who are gonna who are gonna break through a lot of contact and break a lot of tackles and things like that like they're guys that got to get out into space and nick bolton was all over the place tonight and I, i think that's tremendous for the chiefs defense because we've seen nick bolton have some very rough moments this season and a lot of that i'm gonna attribute to his injury and, and missing so much time and coming back and just trying to get back into the mix of things and like make sure that he is totally healthy. Like it's really nice to see him put together that type of performance in the playoffs because as we've mentioned multiple times already, Rocky, like the Chiefs' path to another Super Bowl this season is on the defensive side of the ball. So to see them put together this type of performance against this offense, it's very encouraging moving forward and they're alive for at least another week.
We're live for another week. And here's the thing. When you're playing in the brittle, brittle, we're talking helmet shattering cold. Like we're talking it's like so cold you get tackled and your helmet breaks. I have seen a lot of football. I have never in my life seen a helmet shatter like that. Like it happened to Patrick Mahomes. Like that, like to play defense and to hit people like the Chiefs defense was today in that kind of weather and that kind of cold. It takes it takes a conscious decision that you're going to turn off the pain receptors in your body for a period of time because it's going to hurt. Every time you initiate contact in that kind of weather, it hurts. And you are saying, I am playing through the pain, and I'm and, and I'm gonna bet that that they hate pain less than I hate pain. And I'm gonna and they're gonna not want to make contact with me, and I'm gonna play through it and I'm gonna drive through it. And that's what the Chiefs defense today. The Chiefs defense said these guys don't want to get hit. These guys don't want to play smash mouth defensive football where they're going to get hit in the cold and they're going to shy away from it. And I think you saw that. You saw it in their blockers. You saw it in their receivers. You saw it in their running backs. Their running backs had no interest in trying to break a tackle. Like the Chiefs deep. Like, and I tell you what, you say that Trim McDuffie, yeah, Trim McDuffie made that mistake. I think he panicked a little bit when he because he knew it was Tyreek Hill and he didn't want to be the guy to give up the t- touchdown to Tyreek Hill. Who would want to be that guy in the return to Kansas City, right? Like nobody wants to be the guy who got the deuces thrown up on him. So I think he did panic in that moment a little bit. But so what? So what? He came out. Yeah, he, he didn't just play like good football after that. He played pissed off football. Like he was yeah. mad that he gave up that touchdown. And after that, he was just, I mean, good golly he was lights out yeah he he was special and we know uh how special the jerry and trent mcduffie have been this season for the kansas city chiefs like uh, it's you don't get this kind of cornerback tandem very often so please chiefs lock up legerious steed for a while moving forward because you, you don't get two guys that are that good at what they do very often on, on the same side of the ball so they were both tremendous, and you mentioned the physicality of the Chiefs' defense, and man, that's been such a, a pleasant surprise this season and a, a year where, you know, the knock on the Chiefs in the past has kind of been like, oh, they're soft, like they they score points and they're and they're fast and they're explosive, but they don't. But when you punch them in the face, like they don't have anything to like bounce back, and like it's totally different this season. That defense will go toe-to-toe. They will muck it up and make it look ugly and hit you as hard as as you try to hit them. Like, they are not afraid of that. And on the offensive side of the ball, like, I I think that that was an adjustment for the Chiefs. Like, we're not this explosive, high-flying passing offense now. We got to win with physicality. We got to win with physicality up front along the offensive line. And we need Isaiah Pacheco to just be a wrecking ball. Clyde Edwards-Alaire, all of a sudden, has turned into this really exciting change of pace, like wrecking ball running back who, who runs with all of this power. Like that's been a super pleasant surprise for the Kansas city chiefs offense recently. And then we know what Travis Kelsey can bring. Travis Kelsey had a nice night tonight, seven catches, 71 yards. And, you know, he has a a couple of rough drops, which hasn't been, uh, which has been kind of a common thing for Travis Kelsey this season. Let's be totally honest, but Nice to see him bounce back and have a solid performance, especially under these conditions. And then Rasheed Rice, just incredible 
rookie wide receiver, eight receptions, 130 yards and a touchdown, had another one that was overturned because of a stupid penalty. And uh, otherwise, his stat line looks even more insane tonight. Sets a Chiefs rookie receiving record in the postseason. Like Rasheed Rice was just tremendous tonight. And the Dolphins had absolutely no answers for him. And, and Rocky, you mentioned it, like it's not even like the Chiefs were doing anything drastically different with Rasheed Rice. Like a lot of it is. Uh, short intermediate passes and, and pick up yards after the catch. And then just these deep crossers and Rasheed Rice kept finding space and, and creating big plays. And he was awesome all night tonight. And to just see the turn that the offense has made along with the physicality of the defense is amazing because some other teams like this Buffalo teams of a physical team that you're going to have to go head to head against in all likelihood, uh, barring uh, a huge upset from the Pittsburgh Steelers or, if you even look ahead, like the Baltimore Ravens, we know how physical they are on both sides of the ball, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Like this team really physic physicality wise can go head to head with anybody. And if this defense is playing like this in the postseason, it's going to give them a chance in every single one of these games. Well, hundred percent and say the chiefs do travel to Buffalo next week. There's not a defense in this, in, in the AFC playoffs that the Buffalo bills want to see less in the cold than the Chiefs defense. After tonight, I want no part of, of, of seeing Kansas City in the playoffs. Sure, red zone struggles aside, the Chiefs need to be more efficient in the red zone. That's been a thing all year long. Listen, when you're a Chiefs defense that gives up seven points a game, it doesn't matter if you're kicking field goals. Like, like in the past, the Chiefs had to get touchdowns because it was a race to 30 to who would win the game. It's a race to 17 now for the Chiefs. When was the last time the Chiefs defense gave up more than 17 points? Was it was probably against probably against what the, the Raiders, right? But before that, yeah, like 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 how many games this year have teams gone over 17 points against this defense? Like not a lot. It's a race uh, to 17 points. The, Bill, the Bills had 20. Um, like it's it, it's really yeah. I, I think the 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 hallmark really all season has been that 20 points. Like. Can you get over 20 points? Because if the Chiefs get over 20 points, the defense isn't going to let you. So they're going to win the game. Like that's yeah. really been the thing all season long. Yeah. And that's the whole thing. It's like, so fine. It's a race to 20. So that's 10 points less than 30, right? Like it's a completely different scenario than what we had before. And I tell you what, on a night when the conditions couldn't have been worse, the Chiefs stepped up and they didn't let it be an excuse. And they they performed at the highest level that you could expect in this weather. And he listen, Travis Kelsey had three drops today. Okay, listen, here's the elephant in the room about Travis Kelsey. He's near the league the league leader in drops every single year. He has concentration drops. He's always had concentration drops. He just makes a lot of amazing plays, and he's and 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 he makes he catches all the other ones, and he gets a lot of yards after the catch. But like he's gonna drop a couple, especially in the cold. Like he's getting older. He's 34 years old now. Like that's gonna be a part of his game. It always has been. I'm not concerned about it. And and Rashi Rice, I mean, why shallow cross was Travis Kelsey's bread and butter when he came into the league. And you see the Chiefs, they keep feeding, they keep feeding Rashi Rice on that shallow cross out of the slot over and over and over again for yards after the catch and it's working it's working like gangbusters and then on top of that you saw him go over the top a couple of times you're seeing you're seeing his his route tree expand a little bit to where he is 
he is the Chiefs' number one passing option right yeah. now. And and it's great to see because here's the thing is Rush Rushy Rice doesn't have top end speed, and maybe he needs to be a little bit better at contested catches, but off the line of scrimmage, he's quick. He's quick yeah. in and out of his cuts. He gets open fast. He has a very strong release. And you can't jam the kid because he's he's strong as a buck. Like, like that's the thing about him is try putting hands on Rashi Rice. It's not going to happen. He is he is as strong of a wide receiver as there is in the NFL. And for all of the, yeah, but he, he doesn't run real routes. Like, yeah, obviously that's a game part of his game that he needs to develop. And there, there's some things there that the Chiefs still don't trust him to do. But, like, that doesn't mean that he can't develop that stuff. Like, is he going to turn into Stefan Diggs as a route runner? Probably not. But as long as he becomes a, a functional route runner in the NFL, he, he'll continue to get better. And th- this guy's just a rookie. And the amount of success that he's had is insane for a Chiefs rookie playmaker. Like Tyreek Hill didn't have this amount of success in, in the Chiefs offense as a rookie. And so to see him do it and do it in the playoffs on a big stage, like, I get that the Dolphins defense is banged up, but like, that's just the way that it fell. Like, you know, obviously I think it was six starters that they had against chiefs in Germany weren't available for this game. Like, you know, those are the breaks in the NFL. You got to fight with what you got and that's the way that it goes. But for uh, Rasheed Rice to be able to pull this off tonight, like, they still have Jalen Ramsey back there. Like they, they still, they still got a guy who's an all pro caliber corner back there who they could have just lined up on Rasheed Rice and, and tried to shadow him all night long. And Rasheed Rice was still finding success. To, and no matter what the Dolphins were trying to do, like I, I think overall, like this was just, it, it was the, the best kind of performance that we could have hoped for. And, and it kind of played out exactly how I thought. Like I, I thought maybe the Dolphins might sneak into a few more explosive plays and, and maybe do a little bit more, but credit to the chiefs defense and credit to Steve Spagnuolo because they were absolutely lights out. Like their, their game plan from start to finish tonight was tremendous. And uh, back to the chiefs offense. So like, I, I do want to talk about the chiefs offensive line because obviously we know they signed Justin Houston off the street in Miami this week. Melvin Ingram was on the couch a few weeks ago and they signed him and, you know, they're down to Emmanuel Ogba as the, the last guy in that defensive edge rusher room for the Miami Dolphins, who is really hanging around this season. And you know, all those guys, former Chiefs, coincidentally. But it's I, I do think there was still some issues with the offensive line tonight. And obviously, Juwan Taylor got called for a couple of penalties. Donovan Smith probably, uh, I think, got away with the hold. that should have been a penalty. And there were still some pressure issues, even going against those guys. So like when you talk about some of these other teams that you're going against moving forward in the playoffs, like those defensive lines, those pass rushers are going to be a lot more talented than what you want to want up against tonight uh, against the Miami Dolphins, because they just simply didn't have any other option than the guys that they were signing off the street this week. Yeah. I mean, it was not a good night for Jawan Taylor. Let's just be honest. He, he got caught you know, for a false start and pass pro and the guy can't run block. Like, let's just be honest. He is, he is a bad run blocker. Um, Hopefully he turns it on the rest of the playoffs. I'm not, I'm not holding my breath, but even with him playing subpar football today, the chiefs offense still looked really good. I thought that Donovan Smith looked, despite his struggles and his limitations looked better today. Than he had in, in in weeks previous when he played 
you know, and so the offensive line, we're, we got mediocre tackles. Like that's the thing that we just have to, we have to understand. Like there was that one point where that, that last penalty on, on Juwan Taylor, when they flashed to Creed Humphrey and you saw the look on his face where he was like, man, again, like 74 again, yeah. like, and, and it's, it's going to be a thing, but moving forward, you, you got a little bit of a feeling tonight where all the struggles the Chiefs had this season and everything where the Chiefs were playing, you know, mediocre football, they looked undisciplined, unconcentrated, un blah, 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 blah. You, like you're sitting here thinking to yourself after tonight, is it just the NBA playoffs with the Chiefs right now? Do they know that they can just, they can coast and they can coast to an AFC West title and the regular season doesn't matter? And they can just turn it on in the playoffs. Is that what this is? Is are the Chiefs playing NBA style of, of of football right now? I don't think so, but I do think there is something to Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, and I just his, his will to like no, like I'm chasing greatness. Like we, I, there's been all kinds of conversations this week, and all kinds of stats thrown around about what Patrick Mahomes has done in the postseason and the way he turns it up a notch. So I think some of that was there tonight too. I thought Mahomes, like he started the game a little shaky, had a couple of bad passes that were off the mark where, you know, it's, it's cold. He's getting warmed up trying to get rolling. And then after that, I thought Mahomes was great throughout the entire night. Like it's, I mentioned McCall Hardman earlier and I guess we can get into him. I don't want to crush McCall Hardman in a win, but McCall, just finish a route, man. Just finish a route for the love of God. Run, <laughs> run through contact. Just run. Yeah. Just keep running. Just it's, don't stop. The, the first Hardman drop was really frustrating because I, I think Mahomes put it in a perfect spot for him to make a play on the ball where the defender could not get to it. And that's exactly where Mahomes wanted to put it. And McCall just didn't know where the ball was. Like he 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 had no idea where the ball was at. So doesn't catch it. And then another one where he's looking for a flag totally gives up on the route. And I kind of felt like he had an opportunity to maybe catch that. If he finishes the route off, like you're an explosive player. I think he could have gotten under that maybe. And then he had another one where I think he did get a flag, but he again gave up on the route or no, it was a Mahomes roughing the passer. It wasn't even, it wasn't even a flag uh, on like, it wasn't even a DPI on McCall Hardman. It was roughing the passer. So that she's trying to getting a first down anyways. But McCall Hardman, again, just like totally gives up on the route midway through it. I was like, what are you doing? Go out there and make a play. Try to catch a football. What is going on? Like, I understand it's cold. Maybe you don't want to lay out because that ground probably is just awful right now. But McCall, finish off a route. Please, please, well, please yeah. make one big splash play in the postseason. And McCall, you're not Justin Jefferson. Like, your roster spot's not that secure. Yeah. Like, we love you. But it's not like you're a superstar who's who's securing your roster spot. You got to go out there and finish plays. And I just need I need McCole Hardman in the offseason to just sign up for like a beer league softball league and play center field and just <laughs> learn how to track a ball in the air. Like he just Has like he loses the ball. A football? Has he ever dove to try to catch a football? Has he ever caught a ball over his shoulder? Like, 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 I feel like he's like facing the ball, seeing it coming to him every time. Like, I need McCole Hardman to learn how to track a ball in the air. Like, just go play beer league softball all summer long, sit out in the outfield, and just just shag fly balls for an entire summer and learn to track the ball. Like, like that would do that would do you so much good. 
that being said, they're going to keep giving him shots because who else are they going to give shots to, right? Well, and as frustrating as it was tonight, like we already talked about it a little bit, that's the recipe. Two or three looks to McCall Hardman deep, a uh, couple of looks to Justin Watson, couple of looks to Richie James, I guess a couple of looks to MVS, which MVS did have a nice first down catch tonight. He had another deep ball that it was an overthrow by Mahomes. He didn't really have a chance for it, but that 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 deep ball by Mahomes to MVS, I was like, ah, oh, it's no chance anyways. Like it's not gonna happen. But that's it, right? Like that's Travis Kelsey needs seven to ten targets a game. Rasheed Rice needs seven to ten targets a game. Isaiah Pacheco needs fifteen to twenty touches in total a game, and then everybody else just a little sprinkle on top, and hopefully and the- connect a couple of those throughout the game. And then that Justin Watson make a couple cool catches and let Noah Gray make the play of the day. Yeah. Like those are like, that's it right there. That's your yes. recipe for success. Exactly. It, it, it took us all 18 weeks of the regular season and a wild card round playoff game to get there. But this is the exact recipe. Now I have to imagine going against uh, uh, a more playoff caliber defense moving forward which the divisional round is the toughest round of the playoffs like that's where we really find out those are the best teams still alive in the postseason and you know we got the ravens and 49ers that aren't even suiting up this week because they're on by like the divisional round is another monster in the playoffs and so that's where we'll really find out if the chiefs have turned a corner on the offensive side of the ball but i do absolutely believe that is the recipe and defenses are going to try to adjust. I have to imagine at some point Rasheed Rice is going to get the, the coverage looks over Travis Kelsey because it still hasn't really happened yet. Rocky. And we've been talking about it for weeks. Like what's going to happen when these defensive coordinators decide they need to take Rasheed Rice out is the number one target instead of Travis Kelsey. Is that going to open up things for Travis Kelsey again? And Travis Kelsey's going to have a monster game. I hope so because that's coming at some point. It hasn't really happened yet, and Rasheed Rice has continued to ball, but that's going to happen at some point down the line. It might happen as early as next week in the divisional round. Yeah, and I mean, you would think it's going to open things up for Travis Kelsey. I mean, you can't double-team everybody, right? Like like, like if you think about it, if you double-team Travis Kelsey and you double-team Rasheed Rice, that's almost half of your defense, right? And then you rush four. Hopefully, then he'll find they'll find Justin Watson or Noah Gray or somebody on the field, or they'll dump it off to Isaiah Pacheco or Clyde Edwards Hilaire in the flats. Um, but it's an interesting thought because you can't take you can't you can't take away everybody, but you can take away somebody. So what happens when they do take away Rashi Rice? We'll see. We'll see if any defensive coordinator is gutsy enough in the playoffs. To take away Rashi Rice over Travis Kelsey, it'd be like that's it, it'd, like, be like, real, it'd be real nice if you know against the Buffalo Bills they decide okay we got we got to double Rashi Rice he's been their offense over the last month or so and then Travis Kelsey we get just Hall of Fame Travis Kelsey performance like 160 yards two touchdowns because they're focusing in on Rashi Rice the entire game. Well, and that's what I'm saying is as a defensive coordinator you can live with yourself in the off season. If Rashi Rice goes for 120 yards and a score, right, and 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 go in the offseason saying, okay, they beat us, but if you double team Rashi Rice and Travis Kelsey goes off and gets you know, even like you know three red zone touchdowns, like he's like he's bound to do if you don't double cover him, and it's a all it's a possibility, then 
everybody's going to be coming after you, right? Because you didn't double team the Hall of Famer, right? You cannot double team the hot rookie and he can have a good game because he's the hot rookie. But you don't double team the Hall of Famer and he goes off on you, then that's when the pitchforks start breaking out. Is it the right move to double team Rashi Rice over Travis Kelsey at this point? It might be because Travis Kelsey's 34 years old. He's a little long in the tooth. Is he still the same player he used to be? We don't know because teams focus so much on taking him away. He still had a good year. I know people said he's had a down year. He almost had a thousand yards. He would have had a thousand yards if 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 Kadarius Tony didn't line up offsides. He missed a game due to injury for the first time since his rookie year. Like so, even if he's not still the same player, he's still the best tight end in the NFL. He's still the Chiefs' number one receiving option. And so, for a defensive coordinator to be to to have to have the eggs, so to speak, to to try to take away Rashi Rice over Travis Kelsey, I'd like to see it. Sure, yeah. go ahead. Like like that'd be awesome. It's, I mean, and, and yeah, Travis Kelsey still had a tremendous season. Like it's just, he, he, for the first time in his career here, really, he was truly the one guy that every opposing defense knew they had to take him away until Rasheed Rice really had this, uh, this surge down the back half of the season where he really became this focal point of the offense. Like, there's always been somebody else. There's always been other guys that you had to focus on a little bit. And yeah, Kelsey has probably slowed down a little bit. But this was really the first year where it was like, we shut that guy down, make everybody else try to beat us, and they got problems. And that worked for a lot large part of the season until Rasheed Rice's role really expanded into the offense. And now I think those conversations need to be had in some defensive rooms. And I'm curious to see how that plays out moving forward now. You know, I, I do think the Bills defense, if that's who the Chiefs wind up playing in the divisional round, their defense is playing really, really well right now. And their defense is finally healthy after it was banged up for a large part of the year. So they've got the personnel to do it. A team like the Baltimore Ravens really has the personnel to do it. So possible tough matchups that, that are definitely going to test the Chiefs moving forward here as we move along into the postseason. But still got to figure out who they're going to play next week. And we'll have all that stuff for you guys at arrowheadpride.com. Kramer. Uh, let's get to a couple of comments before we get out of here. I also want to remind you guys we'll have all the post-game press conferences for you immediately following the commercial break if you're listening to us on the podcast page. Uh, Chiefs were back to form tonight. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is the, the new form. Like, this is the thing that we've been chasing all season, Rocky, where I, I saw a couple of recent reviews on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. I think one of them was like after the Patriots game where I think me and you were, were both pretty still annoyed with that performance, even in a win, because that's against a three win football team. And the Chiefs still didn't look particularly great. But what they have put on showcase in the last few weeks is the recipe for success. This is the, the Chiefs being back to form, I guess, because this is the best form that they can take this season. Like, play elite caliber defense where you got guys at every single level that can match up with anybody in the entire NFL. And on the offensive side of the ball, if you got to settle for five Harrison Bucker field goals, you do it as long as you don't turn the football over and you can absolutely win games like that. I mean, Harrison Bucker was essentially kicking a medicine ball through the uprights tonight yeah. and he did still, it real right out. It still lights out. Still did it real, real nice. And I, I remember that uh, review you're talking about. I'm pretty sure they said that my negativity made me hard to listen to. Um, and so it's nice. It's nice to see a Chiefs team that is 
finally realized like who it is. Like, like we're going to call it blossoming into their, their own power. They've blossomed <laughs> into their own power this late in the season. And they've, and they've discovered who they are and it, they're a fun team to watch their defense. First team, they protect the ball and they feed the ball to their, to their, to their three main offensive weapons. And, I, I mean, I'm a fan of it, honestly. Like this, this is a team I can get behind. It's a blue. It's it's in the past with Tyreek Hill, it was you know call it like glitz and glam, fireworks, high flying, you know, acrobatic act, right? This is yeah. like a pick up your work pail, go to work, do your nine to five, grind it out, smack somebody in the face, and then come home again, and it's. It's something you can relate to, and it's and it's fun to watch. Yeah, I totally agree. It has been awesome to see the evolution uh, of this team. Like, I, I I do think I agree with you. I've been thinking about it throughout the show. Like, I think this is the best Chiefs defense like that they've ever had. Like, you know, it's we we can talk about like some of those '90s defenses, but the Alex Smith era Chiefs never had a defense that was as talented as this. They could go out and single handedly win you football games and. Like, without question, even uh, uh, an offense that's got Patrick Mahomes, the best player in the world, the most valuable player in all of the NFL, and the defense is better than the offense. Like, the defense is the reason that the Chiefs will, will be in Super Bowl contention possibly this season. If the Chiefs had this defense, they beat Peyton Manning in the no-punk game. If the Chiefs had this defense, the Jim Harbaugh, Colts team in the Lynn Elliott game doesn't score a single point. Like that was not a good offense. Like, like if the Chiefs have this defense, they win multiple, multiple playoff games. If the Chiefs have this defense, Joe Montana gets a ring with the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs. They had this defense back then. Like, that's the thing. Like, this is this is the best defense that the Chiefs have put together in the lifetime of anybody under the age of 50. Like, like, yeah. like it's, it's, it's just, it's, it's a fact right now. And it's something that probably won't be there next year. And it wasn't there last year. So this is like the lightning in a bottle moment where we get to watch the best defense that the Kansas city chiefs have ever had. Yeah. It, it's really been special to watch what they have done on that side of the ball and to see just Steve Spagnolo and his creativity and everything that he is doing on that side of the ball has been absolutely tremendous this season. Uh, from Buzz, the last two games have been much better, but same things keep popping up, drop balls, penalties, although getting better, but have to score touchdowns, field goals aren't going to cut it. Like, yeah, I, I agree with that to some extent. Like, obviously, there was still mistakes tonight. It wasn't a mistake-free football game for the Kansas City Chiefs by any means necessary, but uh, but – the the big thing for me is that, yeah, you're going to have a few of those mistakes a game. Like, we just know that's who they are at this point. They're going to have a bad penalty. They're going to have a bad drop. They're going to have something fluky that's just that's just dumb, and you're like, how do you let that happen? Like, that's who they are. We know, we know for a fact that's who they are, and that's going to happen moving forward, and I agree they got to find the end zone a little bit more at some point. Uh, but as long as you aren't turning the football over, I think that's the biggest thing where you can live with the drop passes. You can live with the penalties because as long as Mahomes has the ball, you hope that he can go out there and make a play and make something happen, even in, in like a third and long situation or something like that, because he's Patrick Mahomes, because he's done that over and over again, because we see him take it to another level in the playoffs. 
And I think that that can succeed as long as you don't have the back-breaking turnovers. And that was the real difference tonight. They didn't have the back-breaking turnovers that cost them a, a ton in this football game. And that's why they were able to just be be in cruise control virtually the entire time. Well, and here's the thing, too. It's like, it's like yeah, they, they need to stop dropping the ball. They need to stop committing penalties. But every single team in the NFL has dropped passes. Every team in the NFL has penalties. The Miami Dolphins had penalties tonight. They had some really bad penalties tonight. They should have had a pass interference call that wasn't called, right? They, they they got called for roughing the passer multiple times that extended. One was third and 20, and they kept the drive alive, right? You know, so the, the Miami Dolphins did not play mistake-free football. The Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills, if we play them next week, won't play mistake-free football. They're going to have errors as well. Um. As far as the TDs not cutting it, you're right. TDs only don't, I mean, the field goals only don't cut it over TDs if the other team is scoring touchdowns, right? Like, like sure, field goals don't cut it if you're giving up seven every single time they have the ball, if you're giving up touchdowns consistently. But if you're stopping the opposing team, field goals cut it every single time, right? We've seen it. The Chiefs have done it. Major- like the Chiefs, the Chiefs just won their 12th game of the season. The Chiefs just won a playoff game. The Chiefs are just won a playoff game by double by doubled by double scores, two scores, right? And and they did it on the back of field goals. Why? Because field goals only don't cut it when the other team is scoring touchdowns. But if your defense isn't giving up touchdowns, then field goals cut it. The Baltimore Ravens, who had arguably one of the greatest defenses of all time, the year that they won the Super Bowl with Trent Delfer. What they were averaging like 10 points a game in that playoff run. Yeah. Right. Field goals cut it for them. And they won yeah. a Super Bowl because field goals cut it because they knew their defense wasn't allowing the other team to score. I think it, it really just comes back to the the turnovers. You you just can't have the backbreaking turnovers like they have had for a, a vast majority of the season. They did not do that tonight, thankfully, and it helped them pick up a dominant win. And you know, just uh, again, like ca- kind of looking ahead, assuming that the Bills aren't don't suffer a massive upset to the Pittsburgh Steelers. You go into Buffalo next week, like the Bills' offense hasn't exactly been this high flying, explosive offense that uh, we're used to seeing either. So, like, I think field goals could cut it in that matchup too, as long as you don't have the turnovers, as long as you don't have those back breaking mistakes in the middle of the game, and you can and you can stay stay ahead of things and, and play defense, like. Field goals, I think, kind of can cut it, but obviously we'd like to get seven points more more often than not. So uh, final comment before we get out of here from Ben. Defense is going to carry us to the dance if we get there. Well, I mean, we're I think we're in the dance right now. When you don't call the playoffs the dance, like this is the tournament. So I think we're we're in the dance right now. They've already advanced in the dance. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's we've been talking about it all season. And and, and Rocky and it does feel like as the season's gone on and, you know, you talk about all pro teams and all of that stuff. And it does feel like the chiefs defense, even though it's been incredible all season long. And part of this is I think because of their, you know, post bye week struggles and the issues and the, and the losses and all of that stuff, like kind of started to pile up, but it was never really because of the defense. Like it, it was never really the defense's fault that the chiefs were losing those games. You could always point, to the offense and into issues or, or some other dumb play or whatever that wound up costing them those games. Like the defense has been legitimately elite all season has been 
a legitimately like top three to five unit in the NFL all season long. And so this has always been the recipe for success. It was just a matter of the Chiefs actually committing to it. And it finally feels like they're committed to it. Oh, 100%. And yeah, this is the dance. The first dance battle is done. And the Miami Softies <laughs> got served. You got served, Miami, right? You know, and and yeah, and here's the whole. That's the whole thing. Is that I think uh, to a to an extent, the Chiefs' defense, for, as far as public opinion goes, they suffered the offenses because of the offensive struggles, right? Like people saw Patrick Mahomes' numbers. They saw the Chiefs lose a couple of games. They saw the Chiefs not put up the numbers that they're used to the Chiefs putting up, and they said, okay the Chiefs aren't the same team that they've been before, right? That this isn't the same team that we've seen. And they kind of got all lumped into like one team, right? And people didn't – early on in the season, people really weren't paying attention to how good the defense was playing. It wasn't until, after, you know, as of late, you know, as, as the defense continues to stack, you know, su- superb performances game after game after game where people started to say, oh, my gosh, like – the JSC just shut down Justin Jefferson and he shut down Jamar Chase and he shut down AJ Brown and he shut, down, you know, I mean, and it just keeps on going that, that, that no star receiver gets a hundred yards against the chiefs. Who was it? Jalen Guyton. I think is the only receiver to get like a hundred yards against the Sneed this year. And I think it like, was Josh Palmer, maybe, but Josh Palmer, that's what it was. It was Josh Palmer, not Jalen Guyton. Yeah. Thank you for the correction. It was Josh Palmer was the only that's that's a fluke, right? That's I think, not yeah, gonna I think most of it came on one long play. Like it was just, yeah. a, just a coverage beat. Yeah. And so because of that, I think the Chiefs defense hasn't gotten its laurels that it necessarily deserves. And I think also they're a defense like some of the Patriots defenses of years past where the sum is greater than the individual parts. Right, like you have Chris Jones, who's a superstar. George Karloff is an up and comer. The Jason Needs is a stud. Trey McDuffie's a stud. But when you think about all the ancillary players, the Mike Danis, the Drew Tranquils, the Nick Boltons, the Willie Gays, the Charles and Minna Hughes, the um, the Derek Nadies, all these people who are who are all playing their part, the Mike Edwardses, like they're all playing their part and they're all playing to a high level. Like it's the sum of the parts. Is greater than the individual stars, and 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 people like to look to stars, right? And so, so they can't necessarily put a finger on this guy is the best at his position, but every single guy on the defense is really, really good. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And you know, half the guys that you mentioned there, like you, you can point to tonight's game and say Drew Tranquil made plays, like Nick Bolton made plays. We've seen Willie Gay come up with some huge plays, like. Yeah, everybody gets beat sometimes. Everybody has a bad couple of plays sometimes. But the the big thing is collectively, this unit is just something special. And they got guys who can make plays at every single level. And it is it is not easy to build defenses like that in the NFL all the time. And they don't come along very often. So enjoy this team and, and enjoy what they've put together. Even through a frustrating year, they are still alive as we head into the second weekend of the NFL postseason, and that by itself is a win. The, Ch- the Chiefs are still in the dance, and in all likelihood, after a 26-7 to win over the Dolphins, it, they'll probably play the Buffalo Bills, unless Mason Rudolph and the T.J. Watt list Pittsburgh Steelers pull off a massive upset on Monday afternoon. 
it, it is probably most likely that Patrick Mahomes first road playoff game will be in Buffalo next weekend. So we'll have all that for you at arrowheadpride.com. We'll have everything you know need to know all throughout the week, all the injury reports, all the press conferences, everything you could possibly need to know about the Kansas City Chiefs and their divisional round matchup. Uh, you can follow Rocky on Twitter at Rocky Magani. I'm Steven Search where you can find me. You can follow Kramer at Kramer Talks. As always, please make sure you subscribe, rate, and review everything that we're doing right here on the Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. Chiefs are still alive. They survive in advance with a 26-7 win over the Dolphins. We will talk to you guys this week as we're getting up, getting up and getting ready for the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back into the Arrowhead Pride Rapid Reaction Show. The Kansas City Chiefs take down the Miami Dolphins to advance to the divisional round of the AFC playoffs with the 26-17 win. After the game, we heard from head coach Andy Reid, quarterback Patrick Mahomes, wide receiver Rasheed Rice, and defensive end George Karloftis. We'll go in that order, starting with head coach Andy Reid. All right. Um, uh, uh, thank you to the fans and the great job that they did, along with the, the grounds crew of uh, cleaning things up and uh, making that field playable. And uh, it was they did a great job. Has um, go off to the to our team for the job that they did, and, and really for the Dolphins. I thought um, they they came out and, and bared with all the the weather it's a little bit different than down in Miami and uh, um, I thought both teams handled that pretty well but, um, and then uh, there are a bunch of things but our defense with uh, uh, the third down ratio uh, was incredible uh, and the job that they did um, you know one for 12 on third downs that's uh, that's quite a quite a stat there and then there are a bunch of individual efforts. Offensively, uh, I'd start with the offensive line. Defensively, I'd start with the defensive line. And then there were good individual efforts in there, uh, whether it was George with a couple sacks that he had, Chris Jones, and uh, those guys brought all their their mad money with them. Um, and then, <laughs> and then uh, um, Leo on, on special teams, did a did a great job. I think he, he was getting used to it on the second return and was feeling himself a little bit. But he did a nice job there on the kickoff returns. 
uh, Rice for his day. Uh, I mean, it's hard to believe that he's a rookie, um, but eight catches for 130 yards. Um, that's tremendous. Pacheco, 23 carries uh, for 82 yards. Bucker kicking a ball that was like a rock out there, um, and the great job that he he did. Um, Bolton, another one with all those tackles that that he had. And the the biggest part, he's doing this with one one hand. I mean, he's got cast on his other hand, and and uh, he was, um, you know, at the same time he's leading that defense and making sure everybody's going in the right directions. Uh, Pat uh, had a had a nice. They just right from the get-go. I mean, they, I don't think they were anticipating us throwing the ball quite as much as we did, but uh, we were able to come out and and sling it. A lot of quarterbacks can't do that. Um, what he did in that kind of weather. So, anyways, uh, Kelsey. I mean, the list goes on. So it was one of those good days, and um, my hat goes off again to the Dolphins. Uh, uh, you know, their their head coach, their coordinators. Uh, they've They've really done a nice job down there. Anyways, with that time, George. Andy, you um, mentioned a minute ago it's hard to believe that Rice is really Was there a point where you got to him during the season where you said, okay, he's beyond what we thought maybe he was going to be as a rookie? Um, well, we were, we were hoping that, yeah. that he was as good as what we saw at SMU. And, and um, I'll tell you, the best part about him is he just keeps working. I mean, he's, he's relentless with that. And, He's got a good relationship. He's got Pat's respect, and um, and he's he wants to do it the right way. Uh, I know how many times I stood up in front of you and go, "We're this close with him." Of, he's getting better every week, and uh, so I, I think we've seen that the last four four games, five games. Andy, with Patrick's uh, Patrick's run, the, the the play we got hit and the chunk of helmet came off. Is, is that a bit of a rarity to see and, and would you rather seen him slide or you're good with him trying to make yeah that was a tough one because he he um he was gonna get the first down right so and then they missed a tackle then he got kind of caught in the washing machine and um and once you go now you're just survival right there <laughs> you got all those defensive guys so he bared down on it and tried to score and is it a little bit sort of testament to his will to win that that's that's how he's going to do it yeah, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, I don't think any of us in here have any question about that. But he just his will to win is uh, ridiculous. So I mean, he's he's a great competitor. Coach, how impressed were you with uh, Steve Spagnuolo's plan? It just seemed like Tua never could really find the rhythm. Yeah, listen, I I thought Steve had an unbelievable plan. I thought the guys executed it well. <clears throat> That's not an easy defense to to learn and. Um, and that's why when I tell you about Bolton being able to get everybody lined up and ready to go and in the front end and back end, uh, he, he does great with that. But um, they've got a great connection between them. So Bolton's like a coach out there. And Drew was able to come in and pick that up too. And and when Bolton's out, he, he jumps in and does the same thing. But Spags, is, he's a great mind, does a... And does a heck of a job with his guys. I'll tell you the same thing on the on the offensive side. I thought uh, Nags had a had a great plan. Uh, the guys executed it. I thought Andy Hex group, you know, that really did a good job. As did Joe's on the defensive line. And that's you get in the playoffs. I mean, that's where it's kind of where it starts. So you got to make sure that you're you're sound there. How about specifically the job the defense did on Tyreek? Yeah, listen, Tyreek's a great player. I mean, a great player. 
and um, you saw the one catch he had. Um, so I, I but I, you don't see Tyree get knocked down very often, but Snead did that, and I have a hard time believing there's another corner as good as him uh, in this league. Uh, he's really playing well and challenging, and you've got McDuffie on the other side who is doing the same thing. I mean, you know, he's playing great football, so um, as is the secondary. So, I mean, David's done a nice job with that group. Yeah. You're kind of in an odd position not knowing – opponent for two days yeah well you look at a couple different teams you know <laughs> we'll find we'll find a way to make it work you know but the rest is good good for the guys Andy I know you were able to you know, make it mind over matter about the weather but it looked like that you had to deal with some icicles in the mustache um, <laughs> and, and you just just say bring it yeah yeah I mean, it was the worst thing that could happen is it falls off, right? So. <laughs> good. All right, good. Thanks. Thank yep. Matthew, have you ever had a part of the helmet get cracked off like that before? I have not. I'm sure it had to do with it being really cold. Um, but, yeah, I, I knew – I didn't know what happened at the mo- in the moment, but I got in the huddle and everybody was telling me, and I was like, I, I got y'all, but I'm not coming out the game, so – we could figure out on the sideline. So hoping we scored. Obviously, we didn't end up getting in the end zone. But, uh, yeah, it was a first for me. And who, whose helmet came in? It, was, it wasn't a backup that just happened to be out there. They, they have a backup that's out there. we got to talk about where, where we store the backup because it was, like, frozen. So, like, when I, tried to put it, when I tried to put it on, it was completely frozen. I couldn't get it on. I don't know if anyone got a picture of it. It didn't look great. Um, but uh, we were able to adjust it on the sideline, get it kind of warmed up a little bit, um, and uh, get, get rolling from there. Other than that, you feel like you guys handled <laughs> Yeah, I mean, they they, did, they brought a lot of pressure. Um, I wish I would have been able to make some of those throws. We had some guys kind of uh, running free downfield. I missed a couple of them. But other than that, I thought the guys accepted the challenge. Um, we were able to throw the ball. We were able to run the ball against some of those pressures. I thought the O-line did a great job. Um, and, uh, I mean, we had that mentality all week is we're going to go out there and play football. Uh, we know it's cold, um, but we're going to go out there and play football and see what happens. How important has Rasheed become as an outlet for you? Yeah, I mean, he's doing great, man. Um, he's getting better and better every single week. Um, some of those guys hit that rookie wall, and it seems like he just kind of pushed right through it, and he's just continued to get better and better. And um, He's a great player. He has that right mentality. Um, he comes to work every single day, um, and he made a lot, of, a lot of great plays for us today that helped us win the football game. Patrick, I know that you're on the sideline when um, the defense is out there, but it seemed like it was really confusing to a lot of things. I wonder if you were expecting the difficulty of running through the Yeah, no, I, I talked about it, I think, in training camp. I was like, I really would not want to play our defense um, because it's not just – I mean, not just, I mean, we have great players. We have great players all around every single level. You have players, you have depth, guys rotate in, um, can do it all. Um, and then you have Spags in this scheme, and they're, all the guys are so well coached in the scheme that they use it to their advantage, and you don't never know where they're at. I mean, Sneak can play inside, outside. I mean, Duffy can play inside, outside. All the linebackers can, can guard and can make tackles. Um, and it's hard to get a beat on what they're doing. And so that's why I knew in training camp, I was like, man, I'm glad I don't have to play those guys because that would be tough. Yeah, I mean, we, we knew that they might blitz a little bit. I mean, they did a little bit against Buffalo. 
um, against Josh a little bit. So I try to have answers for every single play. Um, for the most part, I thought I did. I, even though if I didn't hit it, I was going to the right spot and on time, trying to give our guys chances to make plays. Um, but, um, I mean, obviously it was more than we expected. Um, I think it had to do with our offensive line was blocking so well when they weren't blitzing. So they had to bring some pressure to kind of get some pressure on me and get the ball in my hand. Um, I thought guys accepted the challenge well. Obviously, we gotta we got to continue to get better in the red zone. We're getting down there, um, but we got to get in the end zone. Um, if that's running, throwing, whatever that is. But other than that, I thought we played a pretty good game offensively, um, but we got to continue to get better and better as the playoffs go. It's been a while you've had a game offense? Yeah, they did a great job. They did a, like a tremendous job. I mean, when you, when you have those extra guys and they're able to kind of block one but get a hand on another guy to give me time to throw the ball down the field, um, that takes kind of that chemistry together. That takes guys just being accountable uh, to one another. Um, and then the running backs did a good stepping up, making their blocks and protection as well. And so um, whenever there was four-man rushes, they did a really good job of protecting against Wilkins and, and, and 92 in there. And so, um, and then whenever they did bring the pressures, they did a good job giving me enough time to throw the ball down the field. And we hit some, and, we, and obviously I want to hit more, but uh, we were able to score some points. Can you take us through that for yeah, they did a good job. We were expecting pressure. We were expecting some type of man coverage. They played zone. Um, it covered it really well. But, I mean, offensive line blocked for a long time, gave me that window. I was able to run. Officer was going for the first down and then uh, got down the sideline and got us into the red zone. So I was, I was, I was just happy. Coach Reed, he, he was confident in us to do that. After I kind of made a, not a great read on the play before, I could have handed it off. I was trying to be like Pen, uh, uh, Penix, but I, I, we, we, we stole that play from him and – uh, it worked for them, and I, I pitched it, and the corner was out there. So uh, he's he better than me at that. So i got to make sure I, I ask him next time what the read is on that and how he's able to read that. Yeah, I mean, we, we, we saw the play and thought it was sweet, um, but obviously the corner stayed a little bit further out against us, and I, I still pitched it, so it's not great. But we, we made it work on fourth down, and we were able to kind of continue to get the drive going. Besides the, besides the cracked helmet, I just wondered how the conditions affected you today, affected the offense. Yeah, I mean, it was windy. Uh, I think you saw on some of the throws downfield, they kind of carried more or didn't carry enough. And I thought the guys did a great job of getting themselves open. Um, I mean, it was, it was cold. I'm not, like, not going to lie. It was, it was cold. But I think at the end of the day, you've got to just be mentally tough enough to just say that it's not going to affect how we play. That's not going to affect my effort. If something doesn't work, I'm going to come back the next time and keep firing. Um, and it wasn't going to be like we were going to just run the football. We ran the football well. But at the same time, you've got to throw the football in order to have success in this league. And I take that as a, a challenge to be able to go out there and throw whenever teams are playing that aggressive coverage. A couple more. What was the other three potentially? I was supposed to hand it off. I, if, if you hand it off. I mean, they had guys in there. There's a chance, a better chance than what we had. Um, you, you, I'm kind of reading that, that corner slash end man on the line. And I just I knew he was off, but I was hoping because they brought the cover zero type pressure that maybe he would kind of squeeze a little bit tighter, and he didn't. He made a great play. Um, but uh, we were able to get the first one the next time, so it worked out. I, I was able to run and make up for my own mistake. Uh, could you change your approach with the way that your defense is playing and not I mean, you have to. Um, I think I, I learned that this year. You, I mean, when it's not there, you got to be able to throw it underneath and, and punt the ball, flip the field, um, and not be frustrated with it. Um, I have that mentality. I want to score every single time. I play in the Big 12. I want to score every single time. Um, but when your defense is playing like that, you have to find what's the best way to win the football game. And if that's punting the ball, flipping the field, um, letting them get a stop for us, and then and then scoring the next drive, that's what you got to do. Last one, Bob. On the, on the cracked helmet run, you, you had the first, I think, already. Um, and I guess could have slid it, but 
Did you go through what, what you saw? And yeah, I was, trying to, I was trying to get in there. Uh, I was trying to get in that end zone. A young Pat would have got in. I'm getting a little old. Like Tennessee, I would have spun, you know, got up in there. But I, I got squared up. got my helmet cracked. But uh, I try not to do it too much. But it's playoff time. You gotta, sometimes you got to put it on the line and try to get in the end zone to win football games. Um, feel like, to be honest, it was another game. Uh, Obviously, it was real cold out there, but <clears throat> as far as, you know, us, you know, uh, being the Chiefs, uh, we just kind of took a different look and another step for this game. Can you tell the level of intensity, race? Yeah, 100%. Um, just from when we started practice, we had a jog through, and it was not a jog through. We was going full speed, so I just kind of could tell right there. What happened with your ankle on the sideline? How are you? Uh, I'm fine. Uh, I just... Kind of tweaked it <clears throat> on the sideline. Uh, there's a lot of dirt over there, and the dirt's real hard from you know the cold weather right now. But it's all good. Did you just like kick down into the turf and it felt like you were kicking concrete, or what, what happened? Uh, I'm pretty sure I, uh, my right leg got hit, and I probably just tripped myself on the play trying to get the first. Um. I would say I've progressed a lot. Uh, a lot of our offense. Um, <clears throat> I mean, I, I, if I could have known this, you know, known this as soon as I could. But a lot of our offense, you know, goes off of man and zone defense. And as far as, you know, if it's zone or man at the beginning of the play, it could change, and you'll be able to, you know, change a route in the middle of the play. What, what's the from the start of training camp to today? Where do you think you've made the most growth that allowed you to have a game like you had today? Um. I would say just taking everything uh, that I'm learning in the meetings and being able to translate that onto the field in practice. That first drive you had, kind of got used to that and made it to the weather a little bit, but then you ended up getting a touchdown. Uh, talk us through that first drive and how you did activate both the weather and the Um, I mean, they were in zero. Uh, a lot of the time you've seen that uh, today. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, when they're in zero, we know that pass going to get the ball out quick. So, it's, it's best for us to get open as fast as we can. And, uh, you know, just being able to know how to get open as fast as you can on certain routes, you know, uh, I mean, that's all we had to do on that. <laughs> the Cincinnati game, you guys are moving the ball. The comfort level that you guys have, that you seem to be showing, moving the ball down. Uh, I mean, it all starts in practice for us. Uh, we just got to take it day by day, to be honest. Uh, you know, the past, everything that happened, and the you know the prior season you know before this postseason it's all gone to us and we're just looking forward to you know the next game. Rookie record for the Chiefs now, receptions that season, now yards in that playoff game. How does it feel to you know be able to put your name in the record books for a franchise like this? It feels great. I mean, I'm going out there to just get a win, you know, first of all, but you know everything else just comes with it and. I mean, I look forward to keep putting my name down as much as I can in this program and stay here. Rashid, have you ever played in a game anything like this, the conditions, the weather conditions, anything close to it? Not at all. How do you feel like you handled it? Um, just show, I mean, <clears throat> everybody out here was playing for each other. So it was just like, uh, you know, we just put the weather to the side and knew that the team, you know, our opponents didn't want to be here, you know, out here in this cold as much as we didn't. So we just took it to the chin and showed our love for the game. Yeah.
I mean, he knew his helmet was cracked. He just tried to go to the next play. Uh, we was like trying to strap his helmet up and stuff. He was like, nah, just come on, get the play, get the play, get the play. You know how Pat is, but I mean, he switched out his helmet and I, he just didn't like the helmet because it was sitting on the sideline so long. It was super cold and it was hard inside of it. A helmet crack? No, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Pat. I don't know how his helmet cracked or nothing like that. I gotta go watch that play again for real. Is there a moment that you're already talking with your teammates about just about like, man, that ball was crazy? Um, yeah, I mean, to be honest, from our defensive side, uh, Snead, uh, when he jammed Tyreek Hill, that was, that was a great play for me to just be able to watch on the sideline, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Yeah, it was on our sideline, yep. So we got, you know, first class seats on that one. As well as you guys have been moving the ball the last Cincinnati game and tonight, is there some frustration still in the red zone with not being able to convert more of those drives into touchdowns? Oh uh, Yeah, of course. Um, <clears throat> every time we get to the red zone, we, we expect ourselves, you know, to score a touchdown. Uh, obviously, you know, Harrison does a great job at, you know, what he has to do, you know, when we don't score down there. But we're going to get back to practice and figure out a way to score down there because, you know, scoring touchdowns wins games. And mustache. Did anybody else? To be honest, I didn't look at none of our O-line face. Their face would be crazier in the game. <laughs> but Coach Reed, I did see his mustache. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, nah, we in game mode. I didn't say nothing. <laughs> Thank you. I think we played great. You know, um, our, our strength is kind of playing off of each other, our chemistry, uh, guys being selfless and uh, coming together, staying disciplined. So, great team win. What's the big challenge to us? Just like you said, I mean, they got they got guys everywhere. They got all those skills. Uh, they're it's like a track team out there, you know. Um, they got a bunch of fast guys. They got a great old line, running backs. Two was great, could make all the throws. Uh, I think they were the number one offense, you know, by all the metrics and whatnot. So they, they're challenged every every time you play them. But uh, you know, we had a good game plan going in. Specs was dialing up some stuff, so it was great. You kind of alluded to this: the second highest scoring offense in the league, and in two games, you held them. Yeah, we always we always talk about when, whenever you play a good, great offense or a team that has a great defense, you know, matching and exceeding what they're going to do. Um, but for us, it's the same game plan in terms of the, the basics every single time. And just staying disciplined and staying together. What were the biggest challenges in the conditions? Today? I don't know. I mean, it was cold, but like, it's fine. It was, it was, uh, it was like hard at some points, but it wasn't, it wasn't crazy. Justin Reed mentioned throughout the game, you rushing four, but Yeah, I mean, Spag's going to dial stuff up to, you know, to, to let the guys eat. And, you know, sometimes those, I was dropping. Um, sometimes we had Chris dropping, but, um, you know, it was great. You know, Spags let us do what we were good at. And, uh, yeah, Coach Collin gets us prepared all week with the rush plan, uh, getting guys in position, coaching guys up. And, uh, yeah, it was a great, great team win, just like as I said.